0: Everything has its own origin story. You have one, this podcast has one, and even the music you listen to has its own origin story. More than 70 years ago, the sounds that were being forged can still be heard in some music today. You probably don't even know you've heard their songs, but I'm confident that you have. This is based biased or BS.
1: hello 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 and welcome to the podcast where two best friends
0: tell one true story
1: that's zach
0: and that's maddie
1: and this (laughs) is based biased or bs what the heck (laughs) i haven't wanted to do that for a what? while
0: oh this is episode i meant to mention this is episode 30 so why are you changing the intro 30 episodes in <laughs> <laughs> wow oh, but i kind of liked it uh, that's that
1: <laughs> well it's like a that that this you know
0: oh i like it that that <laughs> and this is based <laughs> well and this and those are our listeners hello i just wanted to say hi to them i feel like we never talked to them oh they're in the yeah. room with us too sometimes. We know you're but here. Kind of like in a ghost way, where I'm like, I don't know who you are, but I think you're listening. I
1: feel your presence.
0: <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I can feel your presence with us in the room right now. And then I start like shaking and having a Don't what's it because I'm Possession. in a closet
1: right now and that is it's giving <laughs> a little bit of that shaking exorcism. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry to scare you on on the pod. <laughs> what have you been up to this week, other than getting possessed? I went
1: to the Renaissance Fair. Oh,
0: you <laughs> did! You told me about this. Have you been before? This was your Never. first time.
1: It was my first <gasps> time. I won't say That's I dressed so up because I didn't, but I did wear a dress that was like in the style ish of a Renaissance Fair. Like it was like long or longer, okay. longer. Yep. and it was like a tighter top to it, so it was like. Course, the desk. Mm-hmm. So I felt of the spirit, and I did forget to put sunscreen, sunscreen lotion. Yeah, I forgot to put sunscreen mm. on my shoulders. So my I everything went on the was beach fine. recently,
0: and I forgot.
1: Yeah, it was it really. Was and I had a bag that was like cross, cross body. So part oh. of the straps were out on my right yep. shoulder. So that shoulder didn't get it as bad. Poor Lefty, poor Lefty, I have to say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh poor But Lefty. it was great.
1: The food delicious. The okay. things you could buy there so overpriced. I'm not. No offense. I know people oh. work hard on their things, and they know that that's like I got to sell my stuff. This, these are my wares, and I'm doing it in yeah. costume, and I'm acting. So I understand where the price comes from. But I, I couldn't.
0: Yeah, I've been only when i was a child so i don't i never took that is in shocking the prices to me i
1: am picturing you and your family at the <laughs> Ren fair and it is astounding to me <laughs> now when you say when you were a child is this one like just you were a child or were all three children present um, at the Ren fair <laughs> I, I have to know
0: you know as <laughs> as you know i don't have a good memory but <laughs> my Definitely all three children have been. I don't know if I've been with my youngest sibling, but he's definitely been with my parents. Okay. Separately. Got it. Um, But I was, yeah, definitely young, like probably 10, 10, 11-ish. It's because, no offense, my dad is like a big nerd. And so he (laughs) loves anything... Time period E.
1: Yeah, and I saw every type of time period. When I say every type, I mean I saw princesses, I saw goblins. Mm-hmm. Someone I was with had ears, elf ears. I hope um, they
0: had ears. Okay.
1: Yeah. There was Shrek. There what? were Game of Thrones characters. There were Doctor Who characters. There were some people pushing it. They were pushing it. All <laughs> will <On> it.
0: <laughs> some people just took it and was like, oh, we can just wear costumes.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah that was happening yeah
0: well d- at least you had a good time and it was great i love people who take costumes seriously
1: and the french donuts with strawberries oh my god
0: what makes it french
1: i know it well at first it was advertised as beignets it was like french oh. beignets and then you got there and it was like on the chalkboard french donuts
0: <laughs> oh. i think because people <laughs> like, probably we don't know like, how to spell that
1: well i also bet people are probably like what's a beignet
0: <laughs> oh and yeah, and
1: then yeah. So if they're just like French donuts, it's a little bit Makes easier sense. to explain. Maybe. Got it. But I ate those while watching the second joust of the day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you strike me as like a milk maiden.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Or a beer. There wench. was a meat. There was a meat lady though who would like do <gasps> opera voice and then be like oh, 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 meat, like and then had drive. <laughs> Meat like jerky. You free? have to stop me. I could go on for hours. No, you have to buy it. Obviously, <laughs> oh. we have to move on because I could talk about this <laughs> a podcast literally about every food item individually I ate at the Ren No, Fair. but
0: like, a, oh, I was thinking a podcast that was interviewing each person that like works at the Ren Fair, and then yes, like every episode you like meet a new townsperson because they have Love to do it. it all in character. <laughs> So we're going to start another podcast. Yeah, okay. Speaking of our current podcast, Yeah. what did you watch today?
1: I watched Cadillac Records, the 2008 film.
0: Okay. Had you seen it before?
1: Never. I'd never seen it, never heard of it. Was shocked I'd never heard of it because I was, like, obsessed with Beyonce. We'll get there. Mm
0: -hmm. Don't get ahead of yourself,
1: Maddie. Don't get ahead of yourself. (laughs) So, Today well, we
0: haven't had Beyoncé in a movie and that's kind of crazy that we get to. Yeah. And there's multiple movies that she's in that we
1: Yeah. Well, can also have her in. Exactly. So, today we're talking about Catalog Records which yeah. follows the lives of Leonard Chess, Leonard. Leonard, Leonard yeah. Okay, cuz Leonard's not a name, is it?
0: <laughs>
1: that's a <laughs> if, little I, run fair it, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, Leonard. Okay,
1: Leon- okay so Duchess Leonard Chess. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Muddy Waters, Little Walter, Edda James, and many other black musicians that recorded for Chess Records.
0: Okay. I have most of those names in my notes.
1: I figured. So <laughs> You hoped. I hoped. Those were that's who I learned about. <laughs> so first we have Adrian Brody as Leonard Chess and uh then we have Jeffrey Wright as Muddy Waters, who one, Best Supporting Actor at the African American Film Critics Association and the Black Reel okay. Awards. Then we have Columbus Short as Little Walter, the harmonical player, who won Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture at the NAACP Image Awards. Okay. Then we have Beyonce as Etta James. <laughs> Her rendition of At Last won the Grammy Award for Best Traditional R&B <gasps> Vocal Performance in 2010.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. So, speaking I of things you maybe didn't know. Some more film okay. facts for you. I'm just I have Please. I have a lot, so I just kind of no, Don't I've in.
0: like never seen this film. I kind of heard about it, so I want to know all that you got.
1: Do you know who Adrian Brody is?
0: I know what he looks like, but I don't No, no.
1: Okay, so he's very well known for his role in The Pianist, which is on my list of movies I actually want you to, I would like you to watch eventually, Decker, so.
0: Is that the one that's, is it a silent movie?
1: I don't know yet because I haven't researched it. Okay. God, I forgot. (laughs) But he's also been in the Grand Budapest Hotel, Midnight in Paris, Blonde, and Asteroid City. Wow. He's, okay. he's got a huge resume um, and then on TV you may have seen him as Harry Houdini in Houdini or Josh Aronson in Succession I thought Wait, I have
0: to look,
1: yeah I knew that last <laughs> one would get you I threw that in not, for you I threw that in for you deck
0: <laughs> not the only one I care about being succession. <laughs> <laughs> I kid
1: then let's talk about Jeff Free Wright do you know who that is
0: Jeffrey Wright, I don't think so, not by the name. Okay, so he
1: plays Muddy Waters in in this movie, and he is known for his role as Belize in the Broadway production of Angels in America, which he won a Tony for.
0: Okay, I do know this man.
1: So in addition to winning a Tony for the stage performance of Angels in America, Angels in America was also made into a miniseries, and he won an Emmy and a Golden Globe. For those
0: okay. as well. Okay, I think he's also in.
1: He's also in the Hunger Games.
0: Oh, what does he play in? As BD. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. I name. And he's Isaac Dixon in the video game The Last of Us Part Two. I don't know a ton of that, but I know some people will know what that means.
0: Yeah, I don't know either. He's Not also for me to know. in um, Westworld. He's like a huge yes, character. Yes, he is in, in Westworld.
1: Westworld. Hmm. Hmm.
0: He's. I was. So I was about to actor. give a big spoiler for <laughs> Westworld. I'll keep it keep to it myself. In. Yeah. You keep that to yourself. It's years later, but who cares? Okay. Yeah. Keep going. I love learning about these people that I'm like, oh wait, I do actually know him.
1: Right. That's mm-hmm. why I was like, wait, these people have like ridiculous careers. Resumes. Yeah. So. Columbus Short is the person who plays Little Walter, the harmonica player. Okay. And he choreographed for Britney Spears' Onyx Hotel Tour. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: Okay.
1: And he appeared in the movie Stomp the Yard. As well as being a series regular on Sandal. No. I said I wrote Sandal, but it's Scandal. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was on Scandal. Oh. Three seasons I'm,
1: of Scandal. He, yeah. Uh,
0: yep, I know him too.
1: And he was on two yeah. episodes of the Disney Channel original series That's So Raven as Trey, one of the boys of the boy band Boys <gasps> in Motion. Oh.
0: <laughs> boys, we had the boys. Yeah, the boys, in, boys motion. in motion. We give, give you our, our devotion.
1: Devotion boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, that one really... <laughs> really this is a film facts for the ages. I, I'm telling that was one you, of maybe, I'm not maybe done. my favorite film facts. Please don't stop.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't know if it can top that fact, but so we have Beyonce.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go, you tapped it. <laughs> we have
1: Beyonce. You may have also seen her in Austin <laughs> Powers, in Goldmember. Yep. The Pink Panther. Dream okay. Girls. The yep. Lion King. Or on tour, since she is Beyoncé. She's (laughs)
0: Beyoncé. As we're recording this, she just had her first U.S. tour date.
1: Yeah, she also has 32 Grammy Award wins. Wow. And 88 nominations. (laughs)
0: 88. Yeah, yeah. That's horribly crazy, wow.
1: Most recently, she won Best Traditional R&B Performance with Plastic Off of the Sofa, And it's actually the same award she won for At Last.
0: Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. For this movie. Yep. Wow.
1: Okay, I just have one more film fact left for you.
0: Okay, make it good.
1: Well, the building (laughs) where Chess Records took place in still stands Mm -hmm. because it achieved landmark status from the city of Chicago in
0: 1990. Wow. I think it's – do you recall the address? is it cottage avenue is it what cottage avenue
1: i can't remember
0: it had a couple locations in the city yeah and one of them the cottage avenue one is kind of close to my house but i don't know if that's the one that's still Mm.
1: i can't remember off the top of my head i might have written it down in my notes we'll find
0: who knows okay those were really good film facts i'm kind of jealous thank Well, not, I'm jealous of all the listeners that gotta listen to me too. <laughs> so, correct. We're talking about Cadillac Records, and right off the top, I have a question for you because in everything right. I looked, I <laughs> turned into Sorry. a British orphan. Um, <laughs> in everything that I read and researched, I never found the phrase Cadillac Records. Is that the name of the records label? In the movie?
1: No, it's named Chess Records. Correct.
0: Correct for history. What but was Cadillac in the movie?
1: Every car they ever bought was a Cadillac. Like, any time okay. they got a new car, it was always a Cadillac. So it was kind of like the records and the card, cars were intertwined.
0: Okay. Like, kind of with Does that the make sense? getting richer kind of yeah. idea? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. So it was more of a theme of the movie. Yes. Okay. Because I was like, Cadillac Records. So the whole time I thought they changed the name in the movie, it was just Cadillac Records. Okay. No. No. Got it. Interesting.
1: Definitely That was very
0: confusing for me for a Uh -uh. long time. I was like, Cadillac (laughs) Records. So I'm glad that we got that out of the way. So today we're going to be talking about the true story of, get ready for this, the Chess Brothers... And the chess what? records. The who? Yeah, exactly. Did
1: you say brothers? <laughs> so <laughs> I I don't know a brother.
0: Okay. You don't. You just know a Leonard?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You never met a Phil?
1: Phil Collins.
0: <laughs> Get ready to be really sad for Phil. Because oh. Phil was there the whole time. Spoiler alert. He
1: was.
0: Yeah. So, starting at the very beginning, our brothers, just get it into your head that Leonard is not one person. He is. Mm, that's
1: going to be difficult for me, Decker. <laughs> I have to be just honest.
0: Duplicate Adrian Brody and picture there is two of them in every scene.
1: Okay, well, then what am I supposed to make? Because also, the first thing I saw was the following is based on a true story.
0: <laughs> they love to use that word based loosely.
1: Based. Yeah. And well, we're the detectives that. here. Yeah. <laughs> with their eye
0: what's it called magnifying yes. glass so they were born mm-hmm. in Poland right did they give you any baby time
1: <laughs> no Why baby time that? only okay. adult time <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh cut but they like out.
1: set started by like showing scenes of him interacting with people and being and the people being like you're polish i'm Blah blah blah. Basically, oh. I've been informed that he is Polish at the start Got of the it.
0: movie. Exposition, some could say. Yeah. We Thank love it. you.
1: That's the word I forgot. Dialogue how to say.
0: exposition or something. Yeah. Um, so they were born in Pol- Poland. Sorry, in the early 1900s. I didn't really get a age difference. I know that Leonard was born in 1914, but Fourteen. Phil was older. Uh, their father left Poland for America. And he was now living in Chicago, working in the liquor business. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And by this time, it's the mid-1920s. So the mid-1920s and Chicago and the liquor business. um, That's actually a nice way to put it because it's more like strict prohibition times.
1: No, 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 no. Don't do it again. We learned our lesson. I was being a walrus. (laughs) If asks.
0: Okay. <laughs> For context, our Chicago episode kept getting taken down because we were singing too much in it. <laughs> so we're not doing any ragtime gal performance I'm today. I'm sorry, I'm sorry,
1: I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so his father was um, working illegally, making alcohol, selling alcohol. I couldn't get an exact job, but yeah. In Chicago, which is currently under the mob rule of Al Capone. So this really is at our starting point. We move like our time frame is going to be more in like the 50s and 60s. But where we're starting and where the brothers moved to Chicago is directly in the Chicago movie that we talked about a few episodes back timeline. That's Mm, the city they're moving to just to put into your head. So like they as children were reading those newspaper stories about those the murderous women. So in 1928, that's when the rest of the family meets the dad and comes over from Poland to live in Chicago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's at this time that the family actually Americanizes their name because their name was not chess. I didn't write down the last name because it was a lot. They're from Poland. So it's a lot of continents. It was like C-J-Y-Z-R or something. Yeah when pronounced it sounded closest to the american word chess um leonard for example his name was originally spelled i don't even want to try to pronounce it l e j z o r lizor lizor leonard and philip was fizel fizel f i s z e l so i couldn't really tell if this was a choice they wanted to make and change their names i feel like i've never had to experience that obviously but i feel like that is a weird choice to be put in if it even was a choice maybe at like immigration it was just changed for them
1: right that happened to a lot of people like i know some people in my family changed their i think it used to be Macmillan and it got changed to moran somehow
0: oh is that like irish
1: yeah or scottish some version I- Maybe I'm not saying that correctly, but I know in my family there is definitely people that were had to like change their last names upon getting to America.
0: And even if it is like a a choice that they're given, there's still that pressure of like, well, I want to fit in. I don't want to have the name that no one else has.
1: So give me the name
0: Chess. So whether it was their choice or not, that is what happened. There's not really a lot of information on their childhood, um, but by 1938. The brothers are working in a black nightclub scene on the south side of Chicago. Mm. Did we have this Leonard working in a nightclub? 1941
1: is where we start. Okay.
0: Okay. Got it. Love a timeline. Eventually. So they were working in nightclubs and then eventually it culminated in them creating their own called the Macomba Lounge. And this nightclub was owned by the brothers until 1950 when it burned down so it was kind of their first venture into sort of the music club or the music scene and working together as like brother entrepreneurs
1: so nothing about a junkyard no because in the um, movie he owned a junkyard
0: I might have saw something about that but I didn't focus on it I can't remember I feel like I vaguely remember a sentence like that but him owning a junkyard did not seem like something I should report to you. No, I get
1: that. I was but just curious if was that the was movie? like, movie just decided like he's going to work on a junkyard first so people can see how he rises.
0: Oh, I see. I That's see. more
1: more where I was like yeah, curious about. He,
0: I mean, he was like a first generation immigrant. So he did right. like have to make his own place in the world. But... I think it was more through the like nightclub music scene,
1: yeah, that makes sense
0: so let me let's do a little side break for the podcast okay. and the listeners. This story was difficult for me because we're going to talk about so many people, and yeah. I get overwhelmed with the amount of people and wanting to not skim over people and tell the whole story of people who are right. involved because I get the i or I like picture myself putting myself in it making it about me like if i was involved in some historic thing and then i listen to a podcast many years later and i'm not in it it feels like i don't know erasure that i don't want to do mm. so i kind of took the main names that i could see from this records label that we're going to talk about and it's almost going to be like mini biographies about all of them because I wanted to kind of talk about all of them and how they related to the record label and that's kind of the story I have just a bunch of biographies on all of these people because I didn't really know what the plot of the movie is it's like a 20 year timeline and I'm like it's just and it's
1: flashing between so many different people throughout the movie so that makes sense why it's difficult for you to find a storyline to follow
0: Exactly. I was like, we have the brothers who I guess in the movie is just one man, but that's the storyline to follow. And then there's all of these other, other like plot lines that could all be their own movies. Like each one of these artists should have their own movie about them. So we're kind of getting into the first of those now. Um, In 1947, Leonard Chess bought stake in Aristocrat Records the man you've met not the other brother Yes. and then three years later he brought his brother Phil on in the operation and they became the sole owners of the company Mm. so he kind of took it took over the company in stages Um, when they did this they renamed it Chess Records the record company's first release of My Foolish Heart by Gene Ammons in June of 1950 uh, became the label's biggest hit of the year and the ball truly just keeps on rolling because there's also I don't know if they brought up this topic at all in the movie but there's this era of black music becoming popular in society
1: yeah that was shown and like that also was labeled as race music okay so it had a specific genre Mm -hmm. on the radio Mm mm-hmm even though it was becoming popular.
0: Right. Yeah. It's popular. I mean, kind of relatively like before this decade, it wasn't even like allowed to be listened to. So now it's like white people are like, Oh, this kind of slaps and they want to listen to it a little bit more. So that combined with the great migration after the quote unquote end of slavery or, Outlaw of Slavery, kind of fueled all of this music wanting to be heard. Yeah. Chess Records is one of, if not the first major label that was providing a platform for the new artists to be heard. Um, One of their first major performers was a legend now referred to as the, quote, father of modern Chicago blues, Muddy Waters.
1: Oh, I know Muddy Waters.
0: Thank gosh. Originally from Mississippi. Wait, yep. Muddy Waters is Jeff. Jeffrey, Jeffrey right. Okay, got it. Originally from Mississippi, Waters recorded for years with the label, and Leonard actually played bass drum for him in a few recording sessions.
1: Never saw that.
0: <laughs> Towards the beginning of Chess Records, it was definitely very we make it ourselves. They were like producing their own songs and in the recording studio with the artists. Um, and muddy waters was there at the beginning.
1: That was definitely a thing. There's also like always women in the recording studio that they would be like singing to. Mm. And just, I was like, Oh, this is interesting that people would just be in there while it's recording. And like, instead of I'm used to people being like in booths, I feel like by themselves
0: yeah and it feels so sterilized
1: yeah as opposed to this was a party people had cigarettes in their hands
0: yeah and they were just like singing and having a party i feel like you can yeah. on this you can tell it too and the way the music sounds so one of waters here's the thing his name is his last name is waters when i say the possessive <laughs> is it waters or do i just say waters
1: well one of waters i
0: can't say that the whole time did you just say muddy yeah yeah thank you (laughs) one of muddy's biggest hits which was released under the chess label was Rolling stone did you hear that song maybe i
1: yes i do believe i heard that song
0: you might recognize the song title just a little bit just by the phrase Rolling stone um it actually serves as the inspiration for the band's name they took that took or inspired you I know
1: pick. I saw that
0: you did. you saw the yeah. Rolling Stones in the movie yeah oh
1: I like saw them interact with Muddy waters
0: okay so it I didn't Bef- really go into that before it was they like were a like a famous
1: yeah, before oh. they were a famous band okay. Muddy like gets them a recording at chess I don't know if that's real, but oh it's like Muddy like gets them in at chess records okay. in the movie
0: interesting before they're known yes you might also recognize the song by one of its famous motifs that's still used today i'll sing it for you it goes dun 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 dun
1: to the bones what comes to my brain at first
0: exactly that is one of the more i guess now nowadays famous interpretations of the song but that was originally written and performed by Muddy Waters.
1: I'm so song sorry, Mr. Waters. I'm <laughs> so sorry.
0: That's like a common theme. I was like, when I was learning about these people, I was like, let me just listen to a couple songs. To
1: and you're like, I already know this song. I already know this song.
0: Yeah, and I was like, dun 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 dun. dun. I was like, oh gosh, I know this exactly. There's also an entire genre of music. That is called Chicago Blues. It's a whole mm. style that is kind of also the topic of today. It is these men and women that we're talking about are the people who created this genre of music. The city of Chicago, too, hosts a Chicago Blues Festival, which happens annually on the anniversary of Muddy Waters' death. <laughs> Muddy's death.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
0: See what I mean about little biographies? So it kind of messes up the timeline, but now we're back. That was kind of all about money, and now we're back. Chess, yeah. Chess Records also quickly brought on another Mississippi transfer, Willie Dixon.
1: Oh, yeah. He was narrated in the whole thing. Really? Mm hmm.
0: Okay. He was, I got kind of from my researcher, the vibe was Muddy Waters was bigger influence than Willie. In yeah. the chess, or in the record label.
1: Yes, that is how it felt, but it was like he was telling the story of multiple people. Mm. He he was doing what you were do- are doing kind of right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, hopefully better than I'm doing. <laughs> what? <laughs> Willie Dixon, it was interesting because he signed on in 1950 as a performer, but eventually as time got on, he performed less and less. I couldn't tell... Like, it's hard to get their opinions on things. Like, how did they feel in this moment? I don't really know. So I couldn't tell mm-hmm. if it was voluntary or if it was what, like, was needed. So he stood up and did that. What was the vibe in the movie?
1: It seemed very much like he was happy to be coming up with new things for other artists.
0: Okay. That's what but I got Not
1: to. Yeah. But not being the performer himself. He would do the recordings, but he wouldn't be the person going out and... Performing the recordings
0: it. of what? What do you mean?
1: Like when they were recording in the studio, he would be he would play in the studio sometimes.
0: Oh, on an instrument. play an yeah. instrument. Okay. Yeah,
1: sorry, I wasn't clear about that.
0: And he also, I don't know if this is in the movie, was an incredible six foot six.
1: I don't remember that fact.
0: <laughs> a big man, also two hundred and fifty pounds, not to put Woo! his weight out there, but a big a big daddy. he seemed more interested in creating and inventing the chicago blues sound than he was focused on like becoming a celebrity
1: yeah i agree with that statement from what i saw
0: it from what i saw too it also seemed like he kind of had an iffy relationship with leonard chess there seemed to be some disputes about pay and things we'll Mm. talk about it a little bit later too but it couldn't really tell what was going on but there was a couple of reports of like them getting into arguments them getting into physical altercations allegedly
1: i definitely didn't see that but i could see what you mean about like over finances mhm because leonard was not open about like the books yeah with anyone
0: yeah because he was he didn't really have a lot of experience with money and then as you're gonna see really quickly here they're gonna get so rich so quickly with how much everyone wants their music
1: right well that and he's like paying them in things that aren't actually money i don't know if that's in your notes
0: oh no i don't have
1: anything like in the movie he would pay people like he'd be like all right car's yours and then oh. someone would ask for money, and he'd be like, oh, that Cadillac's not free.
0: That's not real payment, sir. That's a gift.
1: No. Yeah.
0: Ooh. With the success of Muddy Waters, the Chess Brothers sought out help from another man named Sam Phillips, who was with Memphis Recording Service, which is in Memphis. Would later become Memphis Records, another mm. huge records company they did this because muddy waters and willie willie wasn't like as popular but they really liked the sound that he was making both from the south from mississippi so they're like we need more people from the south so they get someone to help them bring them more people which is the sam phillips chess records was also able to scoop up many new mostly unheard talents one of the most notable ones that came out of this was howlin wolf yeah, was he a Howlin? He
1: was scary. He I shouldn't say he was scary. He just was like, I'm not gonna conform to whatever you think you can do, Leonard, to these other artists to kind of okay. screw them over either financially or like Leonard asks one of the of Howlin' Wolves men to adjust his guitar to be quieter because it's not about him mm. and howlin wolf i don't know what his real name is
0: that is his name That's and all howlin
1: got. wolf is like you don't talk to my man you talk to me i'll tell him what he needs to do i'm his band leader
0: not mm-hmm. you so
1: he's pretty like this is my band i take care of my people
0: yeah because there's yeah. also especially with this man howlin wolf he was already making music and semi-successful in the south doing his thing And so this isn't the scenario of like, we're bringing you on as a nobody and we're going to make you this big star as a record label. They were bringing people on and it was more collaborative. And Leonard, that was kind of the tension. He had a lot of opinions, but then the artists were like, this is our music that you're selling to everyone. We, if we're going to change it, I'm going to be the one to change it. Exactly. Exactly. He, oh, I guess I already talked about this. He made a name for himself already in the South. But when he came to chess, his style changed slightly, like we talked about, into a iconic electric Chicago blues style. Mm. That was a quote, obviously, um, that the city is now known for. So it's that bluesy, but also a little bit more tempo, And a little bit more, we're adding like the rock and roll. This is where rock and yeah, roll more, and
1: more rhythm, more. Yeah. Yes,
0: this is like the formation of rock and roll. Under the Chess record label, Howlin' Wolf released hit after hit. Um, he's now credited with being one of the foundations of rhythm and blues, rock and roll, and psychedelic rock. Like more like druggy rock. That is like Whoa. has foundations in his music.
1: Interesting,
0: right? A majority of his musical catalog are now regarded as blues rock standards. He was selected for a Grammy hall of fame award in 1999. And then in 2011, Rolling Stone magazine ranked Howlin' Wolf number 54 on its list of a hundred greatest artists of all time.
1: Wow. In 2011. Quite the honor. What'd you say? Quite the honor. i don't know why i said it like that
0: i could not understand i thought you said that's iconic
1: i should have
0: um and once howlin wolf joined chess records he never left he always was singing with them for the rest of his career because spoiler alert he passes away before chess records is no more the year before
1: I don't think I know. I don't remember if I knew that.
0: It was 78 and then is when he died.
1: Okay. No, I didn't know that.
0: Okay, so in the timeline, though, now we're moving into the 1960s. Fierce. At this point, Chess <laughs> Records is now <laughs> a major player in not only the Chicago music scene, but nationally. Yeah. Uh, when I talked earlier about like the sh- Chicago blues having its own title... Really what people know as blues, that's what Chicago blues is. Okay. That kind of sound. So it's heard all around the country. But Chess Records, making money, they want to expand. So not only do blues music, so they're now expanding into other genres. The Chess Brothers brought on producer Ralph Bass, or Bass, but also he's a music producer with the last name bass i feel like you kind of have to be a music producer or like a guitar player if your last name is bass or a fisher if it's bass a fisher
1: or a cheerleader
0: a cheerleader oh bass (laughs) but that's a different word
1: oh yeah That's
0: (laughs) that's a different word but it's okay So they brought on this man, Ralph Bass, to assist in the recording and producing process once they began expanding, mainly into soul and R&B sounds. But also when you have to think about, they're expanding into these genres, but they're also kind of creating their own genres. So it's what we now call R&B and soul, but it's really sounds like we want more people who sound like this and what is now known as those genres yeah when you said it was a thing who was the people who were the people creating
1: someone that i don't know if you're gonna talk about who little walter i'm not okay that's fine but in the movie he like maybe he kind of replaced the brother aspect of okay not really because he was his own person but just like he is a real person I saw information so he is like one of the first people to amplify his harmonica over a speaker interesting and that creates a brand new sound and that's like one of the things that makes them really stand out
0: Mm. wow Yeah. that's in I don't know exactly when that happened but like probably the 1950s that's like not that long ago which is wild to think about that Relatively recently in the entire timeline of the world, people are making new ways to make music.
1: Yeah, and he was trying to get with Muddy Waters' wife the whole time.
0: Okay. Okay, little. Played
1: by Gabrielle Union.
0: (gasps) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Sorry,
1: not to get sidetracked.
0: Okay, so now we're in the early 60s, remember? Great. Actually, in the year 1960. Etta James.
1: Finally, a, an hour and a minute into the movie, <gasps> did she grace my screen? An hour and a minute it took.
0: You can't have her in a movie and then not feature her in the first ten minutes. I know. Wow.
1: I was waiting and waiting and waiting and, and like, waiting. Is and a waiting. woman
0: ever gonna come across the screen?
1: Yeah, and then my next note is acapella queen.
0: Ooh, was it a lot of Beyonce singing?
1: It was not a lot, but it was a good amount. I was happy with it.
0: Okay. You know who wasn't happy with it? Actually, Etta James. <laughs> what? Yeah, we'll get to it. But she has been extremely vocal about this movie. And it's the reason that I picked it.
1: Well, I'm not surprised because, spoiler alert, she's not portrayed beautifully well. Like, she, like Beyonce looks beautiful, but like yeah. the things you see her do,
0: oh, Okay. I Drugs. probably
1: wouldn't be happy. Yeah, I would oh, okay. not be happy with either. Got it.
0: <laughs> so we're talking about Etta James. If you don't know who it is, just take a listen. We'll probably first go listen to a song of hers at last, probably, and then come back to us. She recorded a track for Argo Records.
1: Okay. Weird Argo? though, Argo. <laughs> is it real? Yeah.
0: <laughs> is it a fake <laughs> CIA operation record company? It was just another record company that got the attention of Chess. And she was signed after that. By May of that same year, she was already on the top of the charts with two solo hits. This, like, the same year. Her debut album with the record label, At Last, was released in late 1960. The same year. <laughs> oh. Uh, because of Eddie James's, another one, James. James's? Because of Etta James's powerful vocals and soul, the album was a major success. In addition to that, the album, each song is entirely different. It is kind of the idea that Chess Records was trying to do, her album featured. It was like a doo wop song, then a blues like standard classic, then a soulful. It was like the whole genre of what we're trying to create was all in the album. Yeah. And it skyrocketed. It made her eternally famous. It made Chess Records the staple that it is, really. Mm. <laughs> she moans. Why?
1: <laughs> I'm in agreement.
0: Oh, oh. I thought that was a that didn't happen to me in the movie oh. moan.
1: Well, I have a question for you. I have two okay. words to say. Okay. Minnesota fat?
0: (laughs) (sighs) You have to say more words than that because I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: Etta James is the daughter of Minnesota fat?
0: Oh. Tell me about it. I did not write down her father. No,
1: no, no. I have a question mark after. Oh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't write down her father.
1: Oh. Yeah, I mean, he claimed to not be her father.
0: Oh, but she thinks oh, oh, that oh. that is her father. The way you brought that up threw me for I know. Yes. Her father, there was... Yes.
1: I just didn't we'll know if the it. name would do anything for you, because... No.
0: <laughs> no, other than confuse me completely. No. <laughs> we'll get Sorry,
1: to it. Sorry, Everyone.
0: During Etta James's early days with Chess Records, she was in a relationship with. Say it?
1: Leonard.
0: (laughs) Wrong. With a man named Harvey Foucault. I hope I'm saying that right.
1: I don't have that written down anywhere. How was I supposed to say it?
0: (laughs) I know. I just (laughs) wanted you to act a fool because I knew, I just knew that they were going to make her have a relationship with this man. It's not true.
1: It's not? it was i mean i wasn't
0: i wasn't there so who knows but in etta james's autobiography she talks in great detail about the things that she went through and the things she admits that she did wrong and it seems like if she was admitting things she would have also talked about this if it was a huge relationship but that never happened
1: well i have opinions on what this movie is already then But I won't give (laughs) them.
0: I feel like I saw something about her having an affair with... Like, he was married, right?
1: Yeah, he was married to Rivetta.
0: I don't know about the marriage, but definitely not him and Etta James. That's not a thing.
1: Awkward. She
0: was actually in a relationship with this man named Harvey, who was a member of the Moonglows. Of the what? Moonglows. They would also go on, this group, would go on to help form Motown Records, which is another large oh, yeah. record. These two, Etta James and Harvey, would go on to sing songs such as I Just Want to Make Love to You. <laughs> and later... Why'd
1: you say it like that?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I saw the song title name and I was like, they used to have such wild song title names and I just had to write it down. True. They also became known later as a duo... Betty and Dupree I had never heard of that but that's they went on to do a like duo act them no. two. I in my notes I put this whole Eddie James Leonard Chess thing right here so now I have a quote from Marshall okay. Chess who is the son of Leonard when this movie came out this is an interview he said quote now my father was no angel but he was never caught in an affair it never happened end quote
1: Good to know. Because that movie does not portray it.
0: Yeah. it Was was it an abusive kind of relationship?
1: No. It was uh, him okay. trying to help her not use drugs. And she oh. sings, I'd rather go blind to him. That's really emotional. And she's crying.
0: I love that song, but it's not about that man. Her oh. life truly should be its own. We could have our own episode about it. I feel like there has to be a movie hopefully one that she herself had some say in and likes. She's had like a massive story of a life. She faced severe physical abuse in her childhood. She's battled drug addiction and incarceration. She's also the winner of six Grammy awards and 17 blues music awards. Oof. And she is credited with quote, bridging the gap between rhythm and blues and rock and roll with her deep earthy voice. Agreed. She recorded with Chess Records until
1: 1978.
0: Wow. Yep, about like 10 years, or 20 years, of a recording career there. So in October of 1969, Leonard Chess dies.
1: I know, how? (laughs) How? He's leaving the recording studio, and as he's driving away from the recording studio, the day he decides to sell it, He has a heart attack in his car (sighs) in the middle of an intersection.
0: No, I don't actually know how he died, so I don't believe that. But (laughs) he did sell his him and his brother, sold the record company. See how easy it is also, though, to erase Philip from the story. It's like Leonard was the main Guy who talked to everybody and had the relationship with the artists, and Philip was like in the background, like getting it done, and like getting the records actually produced and stuff. And Leonard sure. was more of the, I'm gonna talk to the investors, and I'll talk to the radio stations, and I'll get the that's artists. Like,
1: and I saw that.
0: Okay, that's kind of what his role was. Philip didn't really make a lot of headlines or articles. But there was
1: also this implication that they were not doing super well financially. Yeah. And that's like part of the reason he couldn't pay him. Fairly.
0: It was two brothers who had not really known any like finances in their whole life. Mm. They get this influx of cash right away and then it is never as high as it was right at the beginning. So immediately they're like wow this is what our new standard is so we can buy all this stuff and everything. And it wasn't any type of Business model that was sustainable at all, so it Understood. was like a roller coaster of a graph. Of we hit it really high and then it was just down from there. Um, so yes, they did sell their record label for. I didn't write down the exact amount, but it was I believe six point eight or six point seven million dollars. Wow! So it was worth something. By the early seventies, Chess Records is no longer operating nationwide. They've closed all of their labels. And only the Chicago recording studio was in operation. They had like other places around the country, and only Chicago now. I'm not sure if it's the same one that's still open. I'm not sure. A few years later, Chess Records is sued by Muddy Waters and Willie Dixon for non-payment of royalties that are due to them. And in nineteen seventy nine, the record label is finally closed. It started in nineteen fifty, ended in nineteen almost eighty. 29 years of operation pretty good longer than i've ever had a business and almost as old as you almost as old as me great what a great reminder of my age. <laughs> <laughs> what was the ending of the movie did they have this the lawsuit with muddy waters and willie
1: no it didn't show that it showed len having given etta james the deed to her house in case some like uh, they showed at one point etta like losing everything and then len being like let me put your house in my name so the bank can't take it and then before he dies at some point he arranges so that she can have the deed to her house in case something ever happens to him so that's like Hmm. her resolution is how she gets to keep her house and she's like he loved me he really loved me and then <clears throat> this is the more more ridiculous ending but like kind of cool is that it ends with Rolling Stones wanting Muddy Waters and Willie Dixon to tour with them and then they'll pay for everything oh, wow. and go to the UK and they get there and roll out the red carpet for them and cuz the Rolling Stones are like we remember you got us in at the record company so mm. Everyone here loves you because we've always talked about how much we're influenced by you and we're named after your song. So everyone here loves you and it like was true. So that was the ending. Wow. For me, it was really wrapped up with a bow perf.
0: <laughs> that is a cute little <laughs> moment, but like they didn't forever change the music industry, but at the end of this little timeline, like we're not doing great. Leonard Chess is dead, Eddie James after she stopped recording in 1978, she didn't record for another ten years because she well, was bettering I also herself.
1: Trigger warning: saw her OD. Oh, mm. wow.
0: Okay, I thought we were ending positively. Um, Sorry.
1: What else is positive? Um, <laughs>
0: the music that was recorded and produced by Chess Records went on to forge the careers of many other artists um many white artists if we can add that songs and samplings of chess records artists have been used by countless rock artists and other genres but the main ones that i saw were the beatles the rolling stones like we've talked about fleetwood mac the beach boys earth wind and fire and the list just goes on elvis elvis And like
1: covers of their songs yeah they showed 100%. a lot of a lot of that whitewashing of their music Mhm throughout the movie and how it's like oh I have this number one song but now these that's my same that's my lick that's my that's this song that I do yeah but with but their version
0: <laughs> right because there was no like I might be wrong in this, but they had to buy the songs from the studio. So they just paid Mm. the studio. They got the song and the artist never saw anything about it. So one day you would just turn on the radio and your song is being sung by the Beatles, but you're not getting But You don't get anything. Yeah. It's like halfway equality where it's like, we really want to listen to your music, but only because it's nothing like we've ever heard of, but we want to change it a little bit so it's comfortable for us. And out exactly. of a white voice. Now comes the time for the <laughs> decision we've all been waiting for. base bias or BS, Maddie?
1: Well, it's certainly not based.
0: No. I don't believe so. The Edda James facts alone.
1: Yeah. The Edda James facts. I mean, that is BS. Like, the portrayal, like, it seemed to me like the Wolfman was never going to work at Chess Records again, but it seems as though oh. he worked there his whole life. So, yeah. like, that's confusing to me. I'm trying to think about. I mean, there was a whole man missing. Yeah, there was the- a whole key man <laughs> missing. A whole brother missing. <laughs> there was a whole brother missing, and <laughs> I don't when know. When you know
0: that, you know it has to be BS.
1: It's BS. It's BS. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's it's a great movie if you want to like hear the music and kind of like learn a little bit of the struggles that people that they experienced. and there are more more famous black musicians also in there, like Chuck Berry, and there was just more people talked about that because it was yeah. a re- recording label, like you said that come through, but
0: yeah, there was literally like. At least 40 names of people that I could have talked about. And each one was like, this is regarded as the grandfather of blues music. And I'm like, how do I know which of these people are... Exactly. In this movie. Etta James, though. (laughs) She...
1: She was not happy. Love
0: her. I do not... She does not hold anything back. I didn't write down any of her quotes, but there are interviews of her, like, bashing this movie. Where she talks about how...
1: Well, yeah, they show like, her in an empty house. Lying on the floor with a needle. Oh. And it's like syringe.
0: After, like, imagine watching, like, what you've gone through.
1: And the wigs, to be honest, I was like, the wigs could have been better for Beyonce.
0: Mm. There's one famous quote of hers, which is the reason I picked this movie. And it's something like, Beyonce better be ready to come outside when we see each other. Like, this something something. <laughs> I think that might have been about the inauguration, too. I'm not sure. Because she's... <laughs> this isn't kind of related. She, Beyonce, in 2008, when this movie came out, the Obama... What's it called? Did she inauguration, sing at the inauguration? She sang at last. And Etta oh. James was pissed because she was like, either it's me or Beyonce sings her song. Don't sing my song from this movie that is bad so
1: and she won the grammy for
0: it and she won a grammy for it (laughs) wow i was wondering how how much this movie talked about the the kind of uh, how white people took it and ran with it
1: yeah that was pretty prevalent throughout it a lot with little walter a lot Mm -hmm. with just in general a lot of their songs ended up getting covered there was a lot of violence shown between like police and black people and mm. just that the times that were happening, you know, yeah. it was, it was all hard to watch sometimes, but I also felt like it was a, it was a good watch as long as you know that what you're watching is BS and not, not really real. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, you know what? I am craving something to watch. Do you have an assignment? for well, I have for something me for, next for you. Week?
1: <laughs> I do. Yeah. Um I would like you to watch Philomena.
0: Philomena It's available
1: on Hulu. Spelled PH.
0: Why have I why do I know that word?
1: I don't know. It's I Irish. I've seen
0: this, so I can't remember. <gasps> Maybe I've seen it. I can't remember.
1: Old lady Irish.
0: No don't know
1: why okay well those are your those are your descriptors
0: <laughs> old lady irish
1: for the movie that you need to watch for next oh, week
0: that sounds beautiful i can't wait
1: yeah i think it'll be a little breather
0: okay i for you uh, yeah your last pick was two girls swimming across the sea i would hope. yeah exactly i would hope it's a breather
1: <laughs> exactly i thought what can i give to decker that's not going to have him at the edge of his seat but you also said it was like in your top movies so.
0: it, yeah i can never complain about <laughs> how i'll always watch the swimmers again sorry i'm talking about it in another episode
1: <laughs> anyway
0: anyways um i'll see you next week we'll post all our pictures on Base bias or bs on instagram obviously
1: Yeah. and, and uh,
0: uh, <laughs> on tuesday
1: and on Tuesday, you're going to hear some more from Zach about our limited series series episode two.
0: yeah.
1: Of, I have Halston. forgotten the name. Halston. Halston. I was going to say Philomena, but that's incorrect. <laughs> of Halston, episode two of Halston. So can't wait for him to tell me all about it and for me to learn more about what that, that version of events is. <laughs>
0: not version of events okay i'll see you i guess on tuesday then see you then okay goodbye bye He was selected for a Grammy Hall of Fame Award in 1999 and in 2011. Oh. He was selected for a Grammy Hall of Fame Award in two... Fucking... I'm going to kill myself.
1: <laughs> oh, that...